This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping at home. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping here in our sanctuary. Welcome to those of you who are new here with us this morning. Welcome to those of you who are long-term members. It is a joy to worship with all of you this day. If you are here in the sanctuary this morning, I will invite you to find the red friendship folder in your pew and fill out the information that you find there. Also, if you are near with if you are new here with us this morning, we hope that you will fill out that information so that way we can follow up with you after worship. Beloved church, we recognize that we are dancing with the ever-changing music of the pandemic. Your pastors and the COVID uh, task force are aware of the new CDC guidelines on wearing masks and other protective measures. We will be discussing these measures at length in our upcoming meeting this Tuesday evening. We hope you will join us in prayer as we continue to discern how to be a safe and welcoming community. I also hope that you will notice the many announcements located in our bulletin, and I want to draw your attention to the announcement regarding the youth fundraiser happening this week. The youth of our church will be hosting their annual Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner this Tuesday as a fundraiser for our youth in mission trip. We will be having dine-in as well as carry-out pancake dinners available for everyone, and we hope you will join us. For more information on how to sign up, you can find that in the bulletin. Also, I invite Annika Hernandez-Fian, who would like to share another youth announcement. Hello, my name is Annika Hernandez-Fian. I'm a sophomore in high school and a long-term member of this church. I and the other youth of this church hope you will mark your calendars for the annual Youth Sunday service next Sunday, March 6th. Once a year, we, as youth, lead the congregation through worship. We will praise God in song, pray the words on our heart, and preach the gospel in sermons. In celebration of Youth Sunday and the upcoming start of March Madness, we are collecting slam dunk donations for the food center. Try our luck at making a basket with some soup, a box of mac and cheese, or a can of tomato sauce. You can also consider a cash donation instead. All food and money will go directly to the MPC Food Center here at our church. Look for the basketball hoop in the narthex before and after service next week, and we hope to see you then. For your great generosity, we thank you, the Food Center thanks you, and the people who gratefully receive your generosity thank you. Thank you, Monica. And we hope that you will join us next Sunday for our Youth Sunday service. Beloved church, we come to this place trying desperately to hold together the good news of the gospel as well as recognizing the pain and trouble of our time. Hearing the terrible news of the war in Ukraine invites us all to pray, pause, and reflect. For some of us, this may bring back memories of a cold war. For others, this may be a new world that we find hard to grapple with and understand. But God invites all of us to hear the movement of the Spirit. This is a place that we come to to pray for the vulnerable. This is a time where we heed God's call for justice. This is a day where we worship our God who is big enough to receive who we are and guide us in this world. So let us come together. Let us worship God. Good morning. Please stand and join me for the call to worship. The Lord God says, for I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. 
for I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. Give glory and praise to the God of creation and the provider of our salvation. Let us worship God. Please continue to stand and join us singing hymn number 611, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. joy even in the midst of sorrow. It is our faith that points to something greater even in times of trouble. So let us take a step on this path of faith and admit all that keeps us from the joy and love of God. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession followed by a time for silent confession. Almighty God, you are the breath of creation and the God of constant newness. In you all renewal abides and all hope originates. Forgive us when we disregard the voices of anguish that call out to us. Forgive our ignorance that obstructs us from what is true and from new ideas. Forgive our reluctance when we are called to ministry that takes us beyond our zone of comfort. Forgive us when God, when doubt that you can change our lives, this church, our nation, or this universe. Have mercy upon us. Quicken our minds to recall your mighty deeds for our salvation. And be grateful through Jesus Christ, our Lord. People of God, the power of God has come upon creation and upon you. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear the good news. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. The old life has passed away and a new life has begun. 
In Christ we are made new. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Beloved community, having received the forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ, let us share the peace of Christ with one another. Let us give the peace of Christ using American Sign Language as we have been doing for some time now. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share with one another the peace of Christ.
I would now like to invite any young friends forward for a time for young disciples. Hello, Tucker. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Hello. It's good to see you up here. Hello, hello, everybody. Let's go ahead and space out. Yeah, that's a good spot. Maybe sitting on the floor, maybe, or over here. Hello, vouchers. Hello, hello. Hello, Rory. Well, it is great to see all of you this morning. And I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if any of you know what the alphabet is. You all know what the alphabet is? Wow. Okay, so a lot of people know what the alphabet is. So, so the alphabet is... That's right. It's... That's right. That's the whole alphabet. So Tucker is so smart. He's already answering my questions for me. And Rory also... What, what do you want to say, Rory? I That's right. You already know the ABCs. So because you all know the ABCs, then you must know that the first letter of the alphabet is an A, just like this one. Yeah, it's an A, right? The first letter of the English alphabet is an A. And the last letter, here, I'll put this, I'll put this A right here. The last letter of the English alphabet is a Z. It's a Z, just like this one, right? Yeah. Those well, are just magnets. Well, they are just magnets. In our Bible story today, God shows the people that God is talking to how much God loves us because God says that just like the A and the Z, I love you from the beginning to the end. Just like the, the A is the beginning of the alphabet and the Z is well into the future of the end of the alphabet, God loves us all the way in the beginning when none of us were there, when the it world was created. Beginning to end. Exactly. Loves us from the beginning to end. That's what it and because you all know the alphabet so well, I wanted to show you that they didn't have the English alphabet when God told this story. They had a different alphabet. They had a Greek they, alphabet. I was about to and this was the first letter. That's still an A. It looks like an A. It's called an alpha. You see that? And the last letter of the it's alphabet. A bat. It's a bat. The last letter of the alphabet. Is a bat. Was an omega. It looks like this. That's the last letter of the alphabet. This might, these symbols might be similar. Like they might, you might be familiar with them. These, these symbols sometimes hang up up there. And sometimes we see them in our church. Or we might see them on our Bibles. And when we see these letters, when we see these symbols, they remind us that God loves us from all the way in the beginning when we didn't even remember and all the way into the future, which we can't tell. That's how much God loves us. That's right. So let us remember that this week, and every time we see these symbols, we can remember God's love for us. All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. For the alphabet. For the alphabet. And the ways you are always with us. And the ways that you are always with us. We pray that you show us. Your love and grace always. Your love and grace always. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to see you all. And you can now head back with Mr. Carpenter for time for music. Let us pray. Gracious God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts so that we may truly understand and understanding that we may believe and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Today's Old Testament reading is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 9 through 15. What gain have workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. 
He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already is. And God seeks out what has gone by. This is the word of the Lord. Traditionally, this Sunday before the beginning of Lent is called the Transfiguration of Our Lord. And that's, so that's why we have the white vestments here. But this is also the continuing series that Rachel has put together regarding new things. So when she did the first sermon about new things and creation about four or five weeks ago. She did the Alpha Sermon. I'm doing the Omega one. This is on the last one of the series from the Book of Revelation. Here are the words of John, the author of the Book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. The one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does it mean to say that something is brand new? According to a dictionary, the brand new has been used to describe something that is completely new, unused. And this word has been used since the 16th century. The newness, according to history, applies to brand new was something that was original, something that was being made fresh, and it often pertained to something that came from a forge or a furnace or a fire. In the 18th century, Brand was a unique mark impressed on goods to indicate where it came from or who had owned it. Today, 
Things that are brand new are regarded as fresh from the manufacturer, never been used before, not pre-owned. Many household products are often improved, and some even say new and improved. But how can you say something is new when it is already new? How can it be more than new? New is new. New things often bring delight, joy, happiness. Think of new shoes, new car, new baby, new employee, new neighbor, new church member. And here in John's vision, in the 21st chapter of Revelation, he sees new heavens and a new earth. And the sea is no more. The sea was the enemy. In the Jewish faith, there is the belief that when the sea goes away, it signals an end of all of the forces that are hostile to God and to all of humankind. For the sea to go away is a sign of hope. And in that vision, there is a dwelling place descending out of heaven where there is an end of hostility, a place that has eternal joy and happiness. All things will be brand new. And wouldn't it be nice to enjoy some of that newness and happiness right now? New heavens and new earth. Does that mean brand new, never used before? Because this scripture passage also states, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Passed away. That is a phrase that we often use when we are uncomfortable with saying that something or someone has died. Is John conveying the message that the first heaven and the first earth died? You know, that creation story we heard, oh, about a month ago from Pastor Rachel, that one that was created by God in seven days, including humans, is that to pass away? That has an odd feeling for me because, as far as I know, we are on the first earth. You get my drift here? If this vision of judgment comes true, then this earth and everything living on it goes away. It will be no more. Yep, that's what it says. Yes, that's what it means. God is not planning on improving the current model of heaven and earth. As scary as that may seem, we actually pray for it often. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It is a prayer for God's kingdom to come. And if that is so, all other kingdoms will collapse and be swept aside, along with all corporations, institutions, and governments. Most of what we read in the book of Revelation has been the telling of a vision of judgment and doom for the wicked. Those who are corrupt, those who blaspheme, those who worship idols are not in good stead in the book of Revelation. There are messages to the seven churches, the riders that come from the four winds on horses of different colors, there are beasts, the pit, fire and brimstone. It is a scary and confusing read. And all of those scenes tend to bring up fear and uncomfortable feelings and are usually the reasons why hardly anybody reads the book of Revelation, let alone studies it. Partially due to the wickedness, God proclaims, see, I am making all things new.
new, not improved. A minister told a story about collecting money to pay a widow's rent. But when the minister knocked on the door, there was no answer. Later, when the widow was told who visited her, she said, I thought it was the landlord coming to collect the rent. Fear closes us from potential gains and new insights. We should not fear what John is writing in this book. If we only think of the book of Revelation with fear, we really miss the end message and the real message here. Here in the next to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, we have John's seventh vision. And in it, he reveals to his readers God's ultimate plan. The reign of God is to be fully established and there will be bliss and happiness for the faithful followers of God. One thing that is fascinating about this vision, about this dream of heaven and a new earth, is that this dream and vision is not new. It was deep in Jewish thought. God said to Isaiah, Behold, I create new heaven and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. That was our call to worship today. There is to come a time of joy in which old sorrows will be forgotten. Isaiah speaks of a time made by God in which life will be a, continually, a continual act of worship to God. It is a promise of transformation of heaven to make earth an eternal blessing and light. And the earth will become a new blessing, made new. And the verses of Ecclesiastes read today also affirm that what God does endures forever. In Revelation, the promise of a new kingdom of God is to take place. It will happen. The words of John are filled with the wonder of a great consummation. He points out that evil will be no more. And then perfection comes down from heaven in the form of New Jerusalem. When these words were written, heaven was believed to be the dwelling place of God. But heaven was understood to be the canopy over which the earth a canopy over the earth, so that heaven was up there. It was the sky. But also heaven was a place of salvation. It was the source of blessing. It was the setting and the place where God planned salvation, of salvation that was already present. In the book of Daniel, the kingdom of the Son of Man, the Son of Man who is the judge and ruler of the end time, the kingdom of the Son of Man is one that comes down from heaven. And our religious language is full of Jesus coming down from heaven. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Messiah. And out of this place of salvation comes the new Jerusalem, a euphoric city for the dwelling of the redeemed faithful believers, a town without tears. Their very contentment is found in the fact that God dwells with them. This is the first time that we read in the Bible where God actually dwells with the people. 
And God is there abolishing everything which brings pain and, and wailing. God gives perfection its fullness. God is no longer up there, but has come down and sits on the throne in the city. And God's voice is proclaiming, I am making things new, all things new. God is the Alpha and Omega, the very letters that we often see adorned on our lectern, the first and the last letter of the eternal alphabet. In him is the origin and the conclusion of every experience. This descending city of God is the victorious church, visible in the splendor of an eternal city, adorned as a bride. The city is the living church, where the divine presence of God brings a reality, where all people accept the happy and constant vocation of praising God. With the consummation comes God's perpetual dwelling with the people. So we see that this consummation is a combination of God creating and also God fulfilling a promise made before. All things are made new by the one who is both the beginning and the end. What peace, what comfort, what stability it brings to the heart when we can see with John that this new heaven and this new earth is about to become and the new Jerusalem comes down for heaven as the place of peace. So heaven is important to God's plan of salvation. But heaven is never the primary interest in the Old Testament. Even when salvation comes from heaven, the central point is that it comes to earth. Salvation has come to the earth in the form of Jesus Christ. Not only with his acts of compassion, but showing us that his very presence is initiating the kingdom of God on earth. A new heaven and a new earth, not improved, new, not transformed or transfigured, new. And might I dare say, not reformed, but new. Heaven and earth will be new. The vision that John shows that God has a plan in mind for us into all eternity. A vision that began in the beginning. Is there anything in this vision that helps us as a church to face the issues of today? Is it only wishful thinking that we could be in that place someday? It is a world of tragic hearts, confused minds, and broken wills. People are groping for ways to get out of the maze of COVID, war, tyranny, and deep political, cultural, and economic divisions. Does the church have a sure word at this moment? Do we still believe in the kingdom of God where all will be made brand new? Are we afraid to hope in Christ who died for his faith? This vision is one of the end of history. but our thoughts ought not to be fearful. We ought to give thanks and have joyful thoughts. 
because we may confidently look forward to the time when the will of the world's creator, the reconciler, the savior, the renewer, will prevail once and for all. When justice will triumph over injustice, love over hatred and greed, peace over hostility, humanity over inhumanity, the kingdom of God over the powers of darkness. The problems of individual rights versus community welfare will be solved in such a way that the community serves individual freedom and free individuals serve the common good. The good news is not just for Christians, but for everyone. For the common good is of the city of New Jerusalem, and it's a model for our kingdom on earth. Our challenge as Christians lies in providing a spiritual authority and guidance. If we have no sure word for our generation, the loyalties of the people around us will be given to false gods, the false gods of celebrity, profit, alternate truth, and nationalism. But if we know whom we have believed and are persuaded that God is able to bring to pass that which God has promised, then our way is clear. We take our stand by our Christ and we labor with him in courage and confidence to bring about the reign of God. There is a dilemma. Do we hang on to a sentimental religion that maintains the status quo? Or do we find a bolder and more inclusive strategy for expressing our discipleship? To follow Christ may mean we face in a world where we may see scorn and ridicule. We may face a world that is at odds with what we believe. But to refuse to follow Jesus, the one who has come down, if we refuse to follow him, we may land in darkness and betray the very things that are worth living and dying for. It is the crisis of the cross for our generation. We have a God who promises that all will be brand new. Not improved, but new. It is my hope that God makes something new in you this day and by the newness that we all have to bring about the reign of God on earth. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O oh God, to your leading. Help us to be a force of love and compassion and peace in this world, knowing that you are with us, knowing that that peace is promised. Give us confidence to be your disciples through Jesus Christ and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having heard the word read and proclaimed for us this day, let us respond by joining our voices together in song. Please stand as you are able and join together in singing hymn number 362, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers.
please join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. As people of faith, we yearn for the final Omega, for the city of God, the end that brings forth true justice, happiness, and peace. Yet we also recognize that we are striving in our time for the glimpse of God that we can recognize in the here and now. So as we pray together as a community, we will offer a responsive prayer. I will invite you into this response with the words, God of justice. And you may respond collectively, save our world. God of justice, save our world. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, glorified and risen Lord, though you could have stayed in the heavens, you chose to descend, knowing the agony that lay ahead to bring our salvation. We thank you for your redemption. We praise you for the life that you have given us. We sing your praises when the scales have fallen from our eyes, and we can see your glory in, the plain, in plain sight. Yet knowing that many in this world, including ourselves, are pulled in conflicting directions, we yearn for a day of your clear justice and peace. We offer our prayers of intercession before you this day. We pray for the church and for all who live by faith, acting and advocating for social justice. God of justice, save your world. We pray that you may cultivate peace between nations, between people, between political parties. God of justice, save our world. We pray that you may protect and comfort those enduring the violence of war, especially the people of Ukraine, where women, children, and the marginalized are pushed into greater vulnerability, and where all are shaken by the brutality of destruction. God of justice, save our world. Lord God, you cross every border between divinity and humanity to make your home with us. So help us to recognize your face in the refugee, whether Ukrainian, Afghan, Rohingya, or Salvadoran, all people who seek safety and protection. God of justice, save our world. God of all, as Christ commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth. Deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you. God of justice, save our world. Delivering God through Jesus Christ, you come to us and teach us the way of true worship. 
the doing of good, the seeking of justice, rescuing the oppressed, defending the orphan, and pleading for the widow. Set us free to serve you, sharing your work in the world by the power of your strength and spirit, which is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, God has shown us the meaning of generosity in the abundance of creation, in the never-ending gift of the Spirit, in the eternal life of our Christ. So let us participate in this abundance and in this eternal life by offering what we have and who we are. Let us give of our morning tithes and offerings.
Praise you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made from now into the future. Amen. As you are able, please remain standing and join together in singing hymn number 366, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. to the world with confidence knowing that with the power of the Holy Spirit 
you can do new things in the name of God to bring about his eternal reign. And now may Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.